another ruthless loss for Syracuse basketball. Just painful, pathetic is what I assume. Owen's about a raise to the camera. There it is. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to answer some of the, the questions and comments and thoughts that people have on the Bird app. Uh, and we'll get into it. It's on Lockdown Syracuse. It's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Noah Valentine with you on your Wednesday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And this episode of Lockdown Syracuse is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage with a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC. Everyone can watch Every single game you want on Sling. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling the TV you love for a price you love. Try it today. Um, that was a ruthless game. I didn't Horrible. even memorize the the score because it was so bad. Like it was just that was just a seventy three to forty four is your final. Uh, as I just looked at it. Um. I think this might be the worst game I've seen Syracuse play since the opener in 2019, um, where they scored 34 points against Virginia on the home floor. From that night, what I remember is Jalen Carey clanking a three off of the side of the backboard from the corner. Uh, That's what I remember, and he never got to play ever again. (laughs) Um, From this one, I don't know what I'll remember. Probably Judah's crazy dunk, but then him following it up by missing like every single shot he took. He was terrible tonight. Three of 16, 0 for 2 from 3, turned the ball over four times. He fouled four times. He looked pissed off the entire game. He was bad. Um, I don't even know if we have to talk about Joe. Joe is terrible again. I think I will say this about Joe, and I don't know if you'll agree or concur or whatever, but it looks to me, and I tweeted it, it looks like he's lost all confidence. There was a, sh- a shot at the top of the key uh, from the three-point arc that he takes 100 times out of 100, and he did not take it. And yeah. I, I don't know what Joe Girard that was, but that was not the same Joe Girard I saw drop 31 points at the Barclays Center last week. Um, mm-hmm. this, it's, you know, we, all, we do our harping on Joe, but somebody said it. Somebody replied it, and I 100% agree with them. Uh, Joe Girard that isn't a threat to score is way worse than Joe Girard who shoots and misses all the time. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I think, and someone was saying this on, on Twitter, and this is something that I I always try to keep into perspective. Right, Girard is not a highly touted recruit. He was not a guy that was supposed to come in and start as quickly as he did. He was not a guy that really anyone had expectations to become. You know, the elite score or the number one scoring. I actually on totally a basketball team. with you. I really? Yeah, dude. He was setting crazy high school records. He's the all time high school leading scorer in high. Like he was, he, 
it doesn't matter. He he broke Jimmer Fredette's record. It was like he, he had all the hype in the world coming in. People thought he was going to be fantastic. He was scoring like 60 points a game or something. Everybody thought he was going to be nuts. And I'm not saying it's justified, but people definitely thought he was going to come in and score. People made stupid, before I say what I'm about to say, stupid comparisons to Jerry McNamara that obviously were not ever going to come true. But to say he wasn't hyped up, I just think is wrong. People hyped the crap out of him. Everybody he, he, was he was hyped in, in terms threes. of scoring, not in terms of recruiting. I mean, he was a three-star sure, recruiting outside, not, recruiting outside not. the top 200 in terms of recruiting. people thought That's he was going to be good. You thought he would be able to score. I mean, you, you assumed he was being a guy off the bench, coming in, contributing in that sort of role. This is a role, you know, that's far and beyond what I think a lot of people anticipated would be his. And I, I, I get to give, I guess it's a nod to him almost that he's brought these expectations because of the flashes and the glimpses and the, and the stretches where he's playing really well. But it, it's not working right now. And it's, it's been significantly worse. You know, he puts up 21 in the first half or whatever it was, a there were four games ago and he has an okay second half in that game against Richmond and he scored three points a game since then uh the, the it's it's not good it's disappointing he's two for what 25 he took three shots today if I remember correctly yeah, two for 25. two for 25 at this point in the last three games and it, it's unfortunate I I think because you, know, you never want to see a guy go through this as much as you might as a Syracuse fan, you know, have ripped your hair out because of Joe Girard in the past and the ups and downs and the highs and lows of Girard. You don't want to see this come to fruition as badly as it has in the last three games where he truly is unable to make a shot. And in this game, unable to have the confidence to shoot, not create. Uh, they can't get him open. They can't get him a look. Uh, this is not the reality that I think Syracuse fans want even if you are the loudest of loud in terms of anti-Joe, because this is not the best for the team is having Joe being as ineffective as he is and trying to figure things out with other players. It is a brutal reality right now. I, I feel for the guy uh, to see someone who, who is a shooter and has been a scorer his entire life and can score and shoots the lights out when he's hot, be at the point where he looks so mentally nervous to shoot and passive now, which is not something that you can do to get out of a slump, is going to be passive. Being passive is not getting you through that. Uh, it, it's it's brutal to see. It's it's frustrating to see. And, and even though you know you might hate him, you might you know want to just run your mouth about him because he he gets a long leash and he's able to keep shooting and and he gets forgiven and forgiven and forgiven. This is not what you want. And this is not what's going to put Syracuse, this current Syracuse basketball team, in a position to succeed. Yeah. Um, I mean, this whole game, and you kind of talked about it and saying that you can't get him any open looks. You're absolutely right, because there's no offensive game plan. Yeah. And I feel like the offensive game plan, and I've said this a couple times on the pod, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but it still rings true especially in a game like this where they lost so badly, the offensive game plan for the last, I don't know, six years of Syracuse basketball has been handed to the best player on the field, on the court and hope he can drive in and score. Or what it was last year was 
hopefully Buddy can just shoot a three over a guy. I mean, that that's what it has been. And maybe you get Jesse involved. And I wish they would a little bit more because he's so good around the basket a lot of the time. But think back, it was Tyus. Uh, just give him the ball. He'll sh- just run up to the front of the basket and shoot a contested layup. And then it turned into Joe and Buddy trying to shoot threes over guys. Now it's give the ball to Judah, and maybe he won't dribble it off his knee out of bounds or just try to chuck a pass over everybody. It's just it's chaotic basketball that doesn't work. And another thing I said during the game was it just looks like these guys have never played with each other before. Nobody looks comfortable. There's no rhythm to it. Somebody gets the ball. They back somebody down. They have no idea where to go with it. Shot clock violation. Okay, next possession. Somebody's got it. Throws it out of bounds. Okay, next possession. Look for a three. Hold the ball. Get double teamed. Hold the ball. Pass it out. Get stolen. It is just, it is such ugly basketball. You watch great offensive possessions in other teams. There's off-ball screens. You get guys open. You figure out a way. You run plays. Find guys cutting. Syracuse doesn't do any of that. And it's catching up with them. It's not 1990 anymore where you have whoever the best big and the best point guard are in the nation. You can just figure it out. You don't have that anymore, okay? It's not just lob it up from half court to Fab Mello and he'll just yam it down. They don't have that anymore. You need to kind of create some offense here. And I don't know if it's a crazy claim to say that Jim Beheim's not the greatest X's and O's coach on the offensive end in the world. Sure, the zone has been great for however many years, almost 50 years now, but the offense has never been that great, and that's just been the identity of Syracuse basketball. So now when you turn into a team whose identity has shifted into this offense first because the defense just doesn't have the pieces to fit into the zone, you're never going to succeed because Bayheim's teams that have been successful in one championship won. That's championship we're defense oriented so that's where i find the issue i I look at this team right now and and i felt offensively today like you you just taught the syracuse offense how to play checkers and said okay let's play a chess match And, and that's what it looked like they didn't know what to do and it was it reminded me of of sterling gilbert as the offensive coordinator in syracuse football and just trying to do the same thing and not putting men in motion and cutting out a position and trying to just, Oh, well, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. And it didn't work. Right. It feels the same with this offense right now. Uh, And it's something that, that needs to be fixed. They need to try some things. Something needs to happen. Uh, I think it was coach for was on the, on the call today said a few times, you know, this is when you've got guys like Jesse Edwards in the middle of the, or in the middle of this offense who demands that attention. And a guy like Judah Mintz that can demand a double team by putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim. You have to take advantage of the fact that opposing teams are going to need to double you. So make the pass. Then you can get a swing. Then you can get an open look. Then you can get a backdoor cut if it goes to Edwards or a pop-out for an easy three. Things like that. That's not what Syracuse's offense is doing. They need to be able to create double team situations where opposing defenders are, are going to need to step on you or are going to need to switch, and then you get a mismatch. But there's not enough ball movement right now. There is not enough creation in this offense for Syracuse to be able to get that going, and it results in a lot of standing still, a lot of dull and event uneventful possessions, and it is what is leading Syracuse to score how many baskets today? 
15 baskets Absurd. were made in this basketball game for Syracuse. Excluding free throws. Correct, which they were abysmal at, by the way. Nine for 17. Garbage. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got to take a quick break here, and then we will head to the Bird app, maybe share some more of our own thoughts. Uh, but first, this one brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Um, let's go over to Twitter where there are people just firing takes as we like to see after, uh, a game like this one. Um, Owen, if you see one, you like blurt it out. If not, I'm just going to start with shields on hoops, Brandon shields. Uh, this guy always, I think I'll give him a little bit of a shout out. I think he always gives a well thought out take even if i disagree with it or agree with it uh he gives a little bullet point here everything feels random from what they run on offense to the rotation to the lineups on the floor i will agree with that aside from just the offense because we talked about that the rotations seem entirely random to me it doesn't seem thought out at all whatsoever it's like all right throw john bowl out there okay now throw malik brown for two minutes okay now come off and put bowl right back out there okay benny you missed a three you're out of the game like what what, like, what are you doing? One. Give give Kadir his minute and a half again. Yeah, Quick. that was absurd too. Kadir plays a couple of minutes and he comes out and we never see him again. Like, what is the story with that? I don't I don't know if it's because Beheim has the most depth he's ever had or something, but it just seems like it's entirely random to me. This is the first time that we're watching a Syracuse team that maybe not the first time, but the first time in a long time that we're watching a Syracuse team that has like 10, 11 guys that could play at any yeah. given point. Not necessarily all play well. I don't think Peter Carey's really at the level yet, but he could play. Mm-hmm. And he had to a couple nights ago against Bryant. Yeah, um, I, I also, I mean, while we're on this, you know, Shields on hoops, uh, you gave him a little shout. I'll give him the shout. Uh, Posts and threads all the time uh, with a lot of video, if I remember correctly. Um, really cool to see. Uh, break some stuff down, get some ideas yeah, out there. Yeah, really cool. So give him a look, check that out. Uh, gets you some insight. Maybe we can't legally show uh footage of games on the pod or on YouTube, but uh, check him out on Twitter because he's breaking down a lot of stuff on there, showing some re replays and and some looks on on some issues. And there are plenty of them to break down uh, with the current team right now. Yeah. And he goes on to say in this tweet, lots of chances when Illinois was missing everything, just couldn't score. And also there were plenty of times that I saw, because that kind of made me think of it, where they did play good defense and they got Mm -hmm. a stop or they closed out on the corner three and then they just didn't rebound. And you've got Coleman Hawkins over here acting like he's freaking Oscar Robertson with this triple double. Good for Uh, him. It's it's ridiculous. I, I mean those guys were out rebounding the orange so badly on the offensive board. I think they had like 14 or something crazy like that. Like they were just 17, 17 offensive boards compared to SU's 12. Actually 12 isn't terrible, but still it's pretty bad game. Um, yeah. I, I look at, and you know, anything. shout out, shout out Coleman Hawkins. 
triple double in college basketball. Good game. Good for him. Also, it was just killing Jesse with like jump hooks. Yeah. It was can't let that happen. Um, I I will say this, and and I think I look at this loss and I I don't really care about the defense right now. I don't think the defense played flawlessly. No, the defense was Uh, fine. They played okay. And this this is not a conversation that needs to be defense based. Uh, I, I will say this. Illinois is a team that that shoots the ball pretty darn well. I think they were 37.7% from three coming into this game. And they started this game really cold, really, really cold. That first half was disgusting out of them. And it's not a game of basketball that they typically play. Uh, They shot 20% from three in the first half. You need to capitalize on that. You need to be up five or 10 points, given the fact that this is an Illinois team that shoots the three really well and shoots the ball well overall is their shtick. I think they're 60% uh, as a team uh, going into this game. They shot 32% from the floor in the first half. You need to capitalize on that offensively. And the offense was so bad that it just continued to let Illinois get away with them playing You know their worst stretch of basketball this season. Genuinely, their worst stretch of basketball in the six games they've played so far came against you in a game that you desperately need to win. And you let them continue to play like that. You sunk to that level. You decided you're not going to play sound offensive basketball. You're not going to pass the ball around. You're not going to dribble penetrate. You're not going to find Jesse Edwards. Jesse is going to take two dribbles and hit a pull-up fadeaway jumper from 15 feet because that's apparently what Jesse Edwards does now, right? This offense needs to figure things out because you were given an opportunity to be up 10 points against Illinois going into the break. And you said, no, thank you. We'd rather be playing from behind. We'd rather let them figure it out so we have an excuse to lose. That is not how you win basketball games. That's not how you bounce back from a three and three start. And now here you are at three and four for the first time in Jim Beheim's 50 year career. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. It's horrible. It's not fun to watch. It's disappointing as a fan. I can't imagine like where you go from here. You've got people on Twitter with no Syracuse affiliations torching Bayheim for, you know, how this is ending. Big Cat from Barstool is talking about how, you know, Coach K's goodbye tour was obnoxious, but at least he didn't send a program into shambles before he left, was basically the tweet that he sent out. This is not going well. And it's getting a lot of national recognition as to how bad this is at the moment. And things need to fix. They need to be changed. Uh, and something needs to happen really quickly because this is this is bad. And, and I, I don't have much. Let's dance around it. Let's be positive. Uh, you know, Bayham is the Hall of Famer. He, he knows more about basketball than me. I a hundredfold, I'm sure. But right now I'm looking for something. And I'm grasping at, at fumes here. There is nothing to grab onto or latch onto in terms of positives, in terms of let's find a silver lining, in terms of, you know what, things yeah. are going to be okay. Uh, and and it, I don't it have It's harder and harder to defend Beheim because, yeah. you know, you put your faith into this guy uh, to turn the program around, whatever, and he finally gets the talent to do so. He guarantees this is the greatest class he's ever had he said for the first time i think ever that this team's going to the ncaa tournament in the preseason he said that he did say that he would say that every year but he said it and it doesn't look like it to me 
Um, I'm, I'm not like it's just getting to the point where it's indefensible. And you're right, yeah. Owen. You're in a situation with Bayheim where the program is not headed in the right direction. Um, first ever negative uh, under 500 season last year. Uh, and you're looking at another one so far this year, three and four, like you said, for the first time ever. It's just you've got to you've got to also think that there's enough talent here, right? Yeah, like, there's That's plenty the of talent on part. this team. That is the frustrating part. Is there? You see the sparks. You see that there is talent. You see that this is a recruiting class that is, you know, at times as advertised. These recruits look as advertised, which I think makes it even more frustrating. And I am a Bayheim supporter. Taylor looks Sometimes great. Sometimes to a fault. Sometimes to a fault, I will come in and support Jim Bayheim, And I don't want him to be fired right now. Right He'll now. never be fired. I'll tell you that. Much. Correct. He shouldn't be. Regardless of how bad it is. You know, come at me and say that I'm wrong and that I'm stupid for it. But, you know, he, he deserves to, to choose when he leaves, uh, even if it's, you know, a fiery escape from hell when it's time to walk away. Uh, I I'll give him that. And I could be wrong for saying it. You can disagree with me. That's fine. But you, you can't really fire him. A lot of people have a case that you should right now. But when I look at this situation, it, it, it's frustrating and I want to defend him. And as you said, it, it's getting difficult to defend. Uh, you want to really? see something happen. You, you want to see that spark, that change. And it looked like you know, it was open-minded Jim to start the year. Let's play a little man. Let's mix some things up. Let's run this deep offense uh, with so many different players. And it's it's faded. And I want to see it brought back a little bit that we're, we're going to try some things. We're going to change some things. Uh, and not just by try some things, you know, throw Kadir in there for a minute. Throw John Bull in there for 20, 25 seconds, two minutes. Okay, give Malik Brown a little bit of run at the end. Like that's not the changes people are looking for, right? It's not let's let's throw a, a splash of cranberry juice into our pot of what we're ever cooking, and, and see if that makes things great. No, we, we, you got to try something new. Break out a new recipe book. We'll keep the analogy in the kitchen right now. Break out a new recipe. Try that from scratch, right? Because this let's try a little dash of this and a dash of that and see if we can salvage what's burnt to a crisp that's not the difference right now you got to start from scratch you got to start from square one fortunately uh you've got a stretch as you were saying before we hopped on bones there is a stretch of games coming up that afford you the ability to to regather some wins and get back on the right track yeah so you've got notre dame coming up which i think a lot of people are chalking up as an l which not necessarily is um notre dame not as good as a team as illinois but still a good team with good players. Yeah. And that's not going to be an easy game. That's not what I'm By saying no at means. all. But I wouldn't chalk it up as a as an L. Although Syracuse does look terrible. Um, but then you've got four games that are entirely winnable. You've got Oakland coming to the Dome. You have four home games, too. Oakland, Georgetown, Monmouth, and Cornell. There's no reason you lose any of those. You should win every single one of those games. Obviously, they couldn't beat Georgetown last year. That was at Georgetown, uh, and Georgetown only won one other game after that, which was Howard. I believe they won six games on the year. So that was easily their worst loss last year. Terrible. Didn't win a single Big East game last year. Um, But you get those four games to maybe gel, mesh as a team a little bit, 
and hopefully hit the ACC slate with a little bit of momentum. Uh, otherwise, this is going to be a long year uh, in which Syracuse is just going through it as a program. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, obviously. But, I mean, it's just not – you've got the fans in the replies on our tweets just as mad as they are anywhere. Everybody's saying Bayheim's got to go. It's all random, blah, 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 blah. Somebody said, still trying to decide if I'd rather watch them score 80 and give up 100 or score 55 and give up – or score 55 and give up 75. Um, if those are the two things you can choose between. It's just not a good time. Uh, so we've got a lot to uh, a long way to go, but there's a lot of talent here. And I think uh, Syracuse fans should at least hold out a little bit of hope. Yeah. I don't want to write this off because I do think, and I know I said we're running out of silver linings and things to latch on to. There's momentum that can build throughout this season. It was talked about today on the broadcast as well. Judah has the talent to be a one and done. Doesn't necessarily have the shot. Doesn't necessarily have the build. Things like that could keep him. If he stays a second year, which I think would benefit him, I, I think that helps this team a lot. But him grow. Yeah, I think if this read, grow. if he's if he's playing college basketball a second year, I don't know 100% that it'll be in Syracuse. I don't want to have that chat right now. Um, we can build. <laughs> I'm just being real. Of this, you you can build off of these guys and, and this team, and I, I I think there is a a transfer portal guy that can come in here, and and be a big player and be a big time guy. You know, have that impact that, you know, it wasn't incredible at every point, but ended up being pretty decent in terms of you know a swider in, in recent years. Uh, Gillen, Andrew White, kind of deal. Uh, guys that are going to come in, huh? West Johnson. West Johnson, yeah. You know, a big-time transfer, right? They exist. Syracuse hasn't necessarily had them. Uh, you know, this year they get Moni or Hema in the transfer portal. But there are guys that exist, even if this 23 class remains nameless. Uh, but th- there is things, and there are things that that you can build on next year, you know, if people stay. If they stay in Syracuse, those are questions, but there, there is that, you know, I think somebody tweeted at us maybe a week ago that said, you know, this is a team that reminds us a little bit of, what was it, 2008, I think was the comparison that they made uh, a year that, you know, Syracuse struggled and wasn't outstanding. And they, they went to the NIT, uh, it was Johnny Flynn's freshman year. <laughs> Judah Mintz getting a lot of Johnny Flynn comps. Judah Mintz freshman year, right? Following season, 2008-2009, they go to the Sweet 16. Uh, They're a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Things figured themselves out. The team took the next step. I don't want to, you know, it's tough to grasp onto game seven, but that, that might be the reality of what this is and what you're hoping for for Syracuse basketball, but this could be a repeat of the 2008 to 2009 seasons, that two-year stretch had, where uh, you went from struggling with some young players to the following year, having it figured out, guys taking steps up, some momentum starting at the end of that year in uh, the 07, 08 year, uh, and being able to have a solid year coming back. They had 
almost 18 points per game from Dante Green that year too. He ended up being a one and done. So yeah, bad news from Dante Green in the, you know, in the news lately. So that's a sad one. Really, I didn't see any. Yeah, we'll we'll talk after. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it here. Uh, it's it's okay. It's unfortunate. Well, anyway, um, thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we teased a football episode. We didn't end up getting to it in the beginning of the week, but it'll probably come tomorrow or the next day. Uh, so look out for that. But I'm at Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine, and we'll see you later.